minister to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. That as we deliberate, as we feast this morning with you, we believe that you're going to speak to our hearts individually. Thank you because your word will go forth unhindered, bringing transformation. Thank you, Father, because it will bring grace and strength that is needed to fulfill and to perform it. Thank you because we will listen not just with our ears, but with our inner ears, such that light will come, such that we'll have a mind shift, such that we will know what you want from us, from that we, which we will share this morning. Thank you, Father, because we know that you are interested in us. Therefore, the words that we'll hear this morning, we will receive them with gladness, with joy, and it will mix in faith with us, stirring up desire to stay strong and to perform that which you will instruct us to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. Romans chapter 12 from verse 1 to 2. That's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to zero into verse 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to the to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god If you read through the book of Romans, some chapters before this point, Apostle Paul took time to talk about the gospel of salvation, uh, the fact that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Basically, uh, a lot of theories are concerning our work with God, concerning those things that um, we have access and advantage in because of what Christ has done on the cross. And getting to verse 12, chapter 12 of Romans, he delved into our Christian living. He delved into a, a practical Christian living, our day-to-day lives, our day-to-day activities. And the first thing he says is, I beseech you. I beseech you. And for a long time, I've seen that word beseech as I'm begging you. And true to that, another version puts it that way. 
that I'm begging you. But one of the things that is utmost important to me from this particular verse is that this is opposed to Paul that I've done so much for God, that has experienced God in so many ways. Appealing or begging, beseeching. If he is doing that, then that means what he's talking about is very important. When a father talks to a son with an appealing uh, tone, then you know what the father is about to say is very important. When a boss talks to a subordinate, an employer talks to an employee in a tone which seems to be uh, uh, appealing in nature, then what that higher person is saying will be very, very important and he wants attention to be focused or to be paid uh, to it. So I took time to look at the word beseech. And it says is to ask someone, to ask someone urgently and fervently to do something. So it has a tonation of urgency. It has a tonation of fervency that this thing that I want to discuss with you, I want you to put passion into it. I want you to follow it fervently, to stay with it, to consider it important. I'm imploring you, I'm entreating you. For him to entreat, for him to implore, for him to say with this is urgent and it should be fervently followed or considered, then it must be important. Then it must be important. So he says, I'm beseeching you. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. We are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. From the tone of verse 2, it shows that verse 1 and verse 2 are together. Verse 2 is throwing more light, giving more explanation to verse one. So he's saying, I want you to present your bodies a living sacrifice. How? Verse two, by not conforming, do not conform and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind by renewing your mind. So one of the ways we can be conformed, we can uh, present our bodies a living sacrifice 
Is we not being conformed to this world? Is we renewing our minds? So it is important that we don't get conformed. It is important that we renew our mind. And if he says we should not conform to this world, what is he trying to say? Reverend has taught us that the world most times talks about the world systems. Because if you are not careful, we just look at the world as the creation and we look at the world as people that are there. But it goes beyond that. That is just in a broader sense. We talk about the world as part of the pleasures that is found in it. But if we contextualize what Apostle Paul is saying here, if we take time to read through, uh, the word here refers to things that are against God's, that are against God's way, that are, are against God's kingdom, that does not bring glory to the Father. The world has its systems. It has its standards. It has the way it, is, uh, it, it runs. And some of these philosophies and perspectives, they are contrary to the things that we believe as Christians. They are contrary to the things that God wants for us or God has instructed us to do. So when we talk about the world in this case, you're not being conformed to the world. That means you should not be conformed to the practices of the world that that is against or that does not bring glory to God. We should not walk in their stead. We should not be like them. We should not live like them. We should not prioritize what they prioritize. We should be different. We should be different. Take, for example, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. The Bible says that, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But you know that this is not the standard of the world. The world will rather seek the pleasures, seek material things, seek to amass wealth. You now see individual, individuals amassing wealth in the place of government, wealth that they will, their next 10 generations might not need. That is the system of the world. That is the standards, the way the world acts. So we are not to live by their standard. We are not to live by the way they live. It says we should not be conformed to the world. We should not conform to the world. Why is he saying we should not be conformed to the world? Because there is a possibility 
that you can be conformed. The first thing we want to understand here is this. As an unbeliever, before we became born again, we were already conformed. So, Apostle Paul is saying that right now, as the believer, you should not be conformed. You should intentionally not do things the way they do it. You should intentionally not live by their standards that are against God's principle. You should intentionally come out of that conformity that you used to have as an unbeliever by renewing your mind. That means if you are a believer, there's an expected changes that we should see in your life. There are some transformations that should happen in your life. In your life, you should move. You should not remain in the same spot. There should be something different about you, about your desires, about the things you prioritize as a believer. It takes an intentional act. That's why you see people that have been born again a while and then you ask yourself if they are really born again. They have refused to intentionally allow God's word to transform them. They have refused to intentionally stop that conformity that they used to have with the world standard and the world systems. And so they look like the world. They act like the world. They prioritize things that are prioritized by the world. And then we refer to them as baby Christians. If you look at another version of the scripture, it says that we should do what J.B. Uh, uh, Phillips translation. It says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. That's JB's translation for Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says you should not allow the world around you to squeeze you into its own mold. That means the world is trying to do something. You are the one that will not allow it. The world is working on you. The world is putting pressure on you. The world is trying to shape you because it says you should not allow it to squeeze you into its own mold. Growing up, I've seen where uh, they make bread. I've seen where they make cakes. They always have a pan for the shapes that they want to produce. Whatever kind of shape, they have a pan for it. And then they mix the flour, and then they put it inside the pan. And when the cake or the bread is ready, it forms that shape. So the systems and the standards of the world are like this pan. 
And the world wants to use those systems, those standards, to shape you to begin to think like them, to begin to act like them, to begin to be like them, such that there won't be any difference between you and an unbeliever. Such that when an event happens in your office, the way you will act will be the way the unbelievers too will act. Or you will act like the unbeliever. So there won't be a remarkable difference. The world is doing this through your subconscious, through the things that they expose you to. You know, at times we think it's something that is going to be uh, uh, so big, so mighty, but it's something that is subtle. It's something that you see in your everyday life. What happens in the city of Lagos in traffic? We are all in a hurry. All manner of abusive language is flying. People want to overtake. You, you, you see a, a typical Lagos driver driving at a, a, a reasonable slow speed, possibly a, a, in a traffic uh, uh, session. And then by the time you want to veer into the front, whether you are trafficking, whether you wave your hands, that is when that man will run and cover up that space that is between him and the other car. We see it on a daily basis. And as we see it, that actions begin to shape us such that when you are, have such opportunity to, instead of you to allow somebody to come in, you also cover up. So that when you are in traffic and somebody misbehaves, you don't know where you utter abusive language. You don't know where you begin to, uh, 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 to say what you are not supposed to say. The world stylishly molds us if you are not intentional about not conforming. If you are not intentional about not conforming, see the way message translation puts it. Message translation puts it in a beautiful way. Romans chapter 12, he, message translation merge verse 1 and verse 2 together, showing us that it is the same thought. He says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life. And place it before God. So the world is not trying to shape you in the big, big things. The world is trying to sell some things to you in your everyday life. It's not until you face a sexual temptation that you will begin to know if you are going to conform or not. But what do you do with your daily life? What do you do? What do you prioritize? What do you see? How are you living it? 
He says, take your everyday ordinary life. It is in those ordinary things that the transformation begins. Those ordinary things, how you love, how you treat your word, how you treat a fellow believer, how you treat an unbeliever, how you treat someone that has offended you, how you forgive on a daily basis, the things you say, the things you do in your offices, the way you relate to your boss. It's in our everyday living. So you get adjusted to the system in the office because that is the way everyone, they do it. I know it's not easy doing business in this part of the world, especially when you have to run a contract in government offices. But the Bible says that even in this thing, another version says you should not get comfortable with it. Because we have excused so many things, we have become comfortable with it. We don't think twice about it. Our heart does not prick us. It is in these daily things that we need to make sure we don't conform. How is the world trying to squeeze us into his mode? Exposing us daily to some thoughts, exposing us daily to some systems. But the Bible says the only way to counter this is by you renewing your mind. So if it's a daily thing, that means you should renew your mind on a daily basis. No day should pass without you renewing your mind. If the message translation is saying that in your ordinary lives, your everyday ordinary lives, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life. That means you should consider the renewal of your life, of your mind in every activity you do every day. Am I prioritizing God? Am I doing it like the way the world would do it? How am I responding uh, 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 to news? How am I responding to hurt? How am I responding to hard time? How am I responding to this? How am I responding to that? Every challenge you face, every situation you find yourself, you should ask yourself, how do I respond such that I'll be responding in a way that it will bring glory to God? In a way that it will show a mind that has been renewed. Or is there anything I need to know to help me to renew my mind? And I know it's not a new thing, but it's something that we have heard over and over. In renewing your mind, you must expose yourself to messages and to the word of God. You must stay in the place of prayer. 
you must be able to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. If these are, 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 are being conformed, if it has to do with our everyday lives, then we should find time on a daily basis to expose our minds to information that will transform it, to expose our minds to the word of God that will transform it, to expose our minds to messages. What do you see around? What do you see around? What is always around you? How do you love? How do you pray? Do you just pray because you want to pray? Because the world also pray. Some pray and they don't even believe in their prayers. Yesterday in our body meeting, uh, we have um, uh, largely uh, a student population most of the time for our, our body meeting. And one of them was asking an interesting question that got us thinking. He said, is it wrong to pray a selfish prayer? Because we're talking about praying for others. Is it wrong for us to pray because it will favor us? Can I pray for that person because I know when it happens, it will rub off on me. Can is a selfish prayer right? I will leave you to ponder over that as you set out for your day this morning. But what I'm saying to you this morning, don't wait for the big challenges before you begin to renew your mind. Don't think that renewing your mind or not being conformed is until you are facing an examination and you are under pressure either to cheat or not to cheat. Or there's a reason or there's a, 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 it's a class where it has been open for all to cheat. The message translation says, in your everyday ordinary life, in your sleeping, in your eating, in your going to work, in your walking around life, in everything that you do, the world wants you to conform. But you have to stand your ground. Stand your ground as a child of God. Part-time. Part-time, part-time, put something that will bring renewal into your mind so that you will not conform, but you'll be transformed. The battle is the battle of the mind. What you are exposed to, what you see, what you hear, they will go along a, a long way to affect how much your mind will be transformed, how much you will not be conformed to the world, how much you will live the life that God wants you to live.
In closing, I want you to put that in your mind that our battle of faith, our warfare is not one that you wait until there's a challenge. It is one that you continually review on a daily basis and ask yourself, where else can I get better? What else can I learn to do well? What else can I learn to do better? What information do I need? What word of God do I need in this area so that I'll be better transformed, better renewed to the glory of God? As we set out this week, we move into success. We move into increase. We walk by the dictates of the spirit and we have tremendous success in all that we do in the name of jesus have a great week god bless you